Hi, my name is Gus, and this year I turned 50 and hit official menopause. I have a dream where every woman past 40 looks forward to, even prepares for, and feels excited about the richness, the potential, the opportunities that await her as she makes the transition from mother to menopause. This podcast was born out of my desire to bring these conversations out into the open for more ears to hear. I sense there is a quiet revolution underway where a new story around menopause and the years leading up to it is being reclaimed and rewritten by the women who are choosing to make this transition in their own way. Women who want to break free from the cultural expectations of how this phase of our life should play out and look. From experience, I know this takes inner work and being truly unapologetically ourselves, but it is potent and available to every single woman who wants it. This podcast is an invitation to open your mind and heart to relish even in the possibilities and opportunities that I believe this part of our life journey offers us. I'll be having conversations with women in their 40s and 50s who are navigating this transition and rewriting their menopause story in their own unique way to one that is much more fulfilling, enriching and meaningful than we might have been led to believe was possible. You will no doubt hear how change is embraced rather than feared, how vibrant and exciting life can be at this age. My intention with these conversations is that they are thought-provoking, expansive and uplifting, that they inspire feelings of curiosity, open-heartedness and courage. These stories of ours are not prescripted. They are ours to write or rewrite. And this feels like true freedom to me. Welcome to Rewriting Menopause Stories. This week, I have another fascinating conversation for you that I had with Melanie, Mel, Lucia. Firstly, full gratitude for social media and the way you can meet someone online and then get together on Zoom and have a conversation like this one, which I found so enriching and I hope you will too. So complete gratitude for that being an opportunity. I really love where this conversation took us into examining archetypes and how the transition into menopause is a spiritual awakening and initiation. I feel there's there's an invitation for every woman to choose to stay aware and be present for this initiation and to, with an open heart, do the inner work that presents itself. So often you'll hear in these conversations that I have with women about menopause, how connected our whole relationship to our menstrual cycle is and to our body through our years of menstruating and whether or not we've been connected to that cycle or not has a big impact on how we receive this transition into menopause. Also, how menopause is not a standalone event in a woman's life. It's part of this hormonal journey of initiation. And it's certainly not a disease or illness, which I sometimes feel it is treated like in the modern medical world. I will leave you now to enjoy this conversation that I had with Mel. 
Oh, welcome Mel to the podcast. <laughs> Lovely to have you here. Thank you, Gus. Such a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad we finally got to have this conversation. I know we've had a bit of a, a, a wait for it to happen. Absolutely. Um, but uh, how I always like to start, because I'm just really curious, is well, firstly, I'd love to know where you are in your perimenopause menopause journey and what age, because I think it really helps the um, listeners kind of contextualize it. But I'd love to also know what was your imprint of perimenopause and menopause way before you got here, way before you're in this transition, whether that was from your family, your mother, your aunts, your the culture around you, the, the, where you grew up. I would love to know a bit more about that. OK, sure. Well, I would say probably fairly neutral. Um, I've always had older friends, you know, 20 plus years older than me. So I've always been comfortable with aging. Um, you know, got my first gray hair at 14. You know, the whole concept of aging and dying was never anything uncomfortable. So in, from that side of things, I kind of was fairly neutral about it. However, my own mother, she had a medical menopause. She had a hysterectomy very, very early. Um, and when I was too young to really understand the implications of that. So I had no matriarchal map, so to speak, to how it might pan out for me. Um, and then the only time it kind of really came to my sphere of perception was when there was that huge HRT scare. When was that? 90s, early 2000s? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. It's a while ago, isn't it? So that then highlighted the concept of menopause because my mum was obviously on the dangerous HRT and we had to get her you know moved on to it but because I've always been involved in natural health since my early 20s I just thought well you know when my time comes I'll use herbs or supplements or whatever and you know just take it as it comes but one thing that stands out now is that I had absolutely no concept of perimenopause. In my mind, the whole thing just lasted two to three years near the age of 50 and whatever may be will be. I had no concept of this 10 year process that could go on from, you know, late 30s onwards, depending on who you are. So that was kind of like the real awakener for me on this journey. And did you find out about the perimenopause almost the, that journey that sort of period of time retrospectively yeah only when I started having physical symptoms which at the time I didn't connect to menopause but it was then that I started doing research and the whole kind of plant-based HRT sort of revolution was starting to come out very slowly um, on social media so I started to join the dots mm. But for me, I was probably about age 45, sort of 2018, I started having really extreme joint pains and extreme fatigue. I'd come home from work and I just need to go to sleep, you know. And my mum and my family have a history of arthritis. So I just assumed, okay, it's the beginning of that. And I even remember clearly saying to my partner you know I'm not going to let these doctors fob me off saying it's just the change and all this you know <laughs> um, so obviously there was something in my subconscious that was already connecting the dots but I was just not ready to hear it um, you know we all know that it takes women twice as long as men to get diagnosed for anything so I was 
on this powerhouse of getting the right care and everything. You know, and I had all the blood tests and I had consultations with rheumatologists and they just said, we can see something's wrong, but we've got no idea what it is. Mm. And they also never, ever once mentioned menopause to me. So they obviously still considered me way too young to even be thinking about anything like that. Mm. So I was kind of at a loss and it was, I was so ill that year, you know, life was so unbearable physically. And it was only when it started to affect my sleep patterns. And I've always slept like a log. So this was like, what the hell's going on here? Where's my eight hours sleep? You know? <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> and anxiety started to rise as well. And I've never suffered from you know, anxiety suddenly these dots started joining that, you know, holy fuck, this is perimenopause. <laughs> I'm going to have to start, you know, listening to my body, you know, and that's kind of where the sort of main journey began. Mm. And I, you know, started educating myself. Mm. So did it feel like those symptoms, the aches and pains and everything, did it feel like they started more or less overnight or was there, can you now look back and see that they were slowly building? How um, Probably not overnight because, you know, there is a history of arthritis. I've always had slightly painful joints, but this new level of it, it kind of was overnight. That was pretty much extreme, it, you know, mm. and it, it meant swelling of the joints. Um, I remember coming home from work I mean, I couldn't even, I could barely even see my toes. My feet were so swollen. So it, uh, you know, I don't go to the doctors. So it was extreme enough for me to even go down that route. So it was kind of a shock. Mm. But, you know, going through all the research and learning about the physiology of what's happening to my body, you know, it became really clear that that's all this new awareness was focusing on where, what was really happening to me was way more. I was having a spiritual and psychological awakening, mm. which seemed way more important to me that I needed to deal with and investigate and started bringing up the big questions like, you know, who am I, you know, and I'm talking, standing on the edge of a cliff, screaming into the abyss, you know, who the fuck am I? <laughs> You know, it's like, uh, like you peeling know. the layers off. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was. It was like an unraveling of me, or a reckoning, as you would put it, Gus. And where? And that question immediately leads on to where am I? Which brings up the whole belonging and the whole concept of sacred homecoming as we go through this journey. And you know, there are ways that you can go through that, you know, where am I, my body, in my relationships, in my physicality, in my vocation, and all these things can help us, you know, lead on to this question of who am I? Mm. Did you find that, that that kind of questioning and inquiry easy? When you kind of realise you've gone through that physical, I might have arthritis trying to get a diagnosis or find out what's yeah. going on. And then you suddenly were like, actually, it's perimenopause. Yeah. And then it sounds like from there you were like, okay, there's, there's, you're opening up into a whole 
you know, self-inquiry, was that an easy shift for you to do to suddenly go and turning inwards now? I can feel it. Or was that just driven by something like just (laughs) driven in that way? It was for me only because I have a deep, you know, and rich spiritual life anyway. And I had a spirit, you know, I've worked on a spiritual practice from a young age. So it wasn't like a total mystery. It was like, now I need to start working on this which was good because I had tools to lean on Mm. you know and it's you know it's no surprise to me that astrologically sort of between the ages of sort of 48 to 52 we have what is called the Chiron return Mm. um and if people listening don't know what the I would love you to explain that is I'd love you we had one of my other guests mentioned it but it would be great for you to (laughs) talk to it as well yeah well, Chiron is not a planet, it's like a little asteroid, but it's similar to a planet. And as with all planets, it's in a certain place in our chart. And when it returns at this age group, it returns to the exact position where we were born. And Chiron was a centaur, and he's known as the wounded healer. And he learned to use his own wounds to heal others. So, you know, when we look at it from that perspective, at the point of transition we can now clearly see that our perimenopause journey is the path to wholeness and it's by doing that deep inner work where we learn to integrate you know our personal wounds and collective wounds and drink you know into their potent power that when we finally reach transition it shouldn't be such a challenging experience you know this is deep you know deep deep soul work um Mm. you know bringing light into our darkest places you know Mm. and as as women if we think about that as our you know as our wombs you know as we transition into crone when we're no longer shedding and surrendering and letting things go we're able to hold that light and become you know the wise woman wise counsel and to help guide others I mean like Hecate who you know, took Demeter, the mother, down into the underworld to find her daughter. She was able to guide her in and out. And the more times we sit in that dark space, the more that we learn. We're not only healing ourselves, we're healing others because we learn to, you know, that we can guide others when they come to that, you know. Yeah, that's such a good point that you've made there. I love that whole story as well. And the sort of... um the myth is it mythical everything yeah, you yeah I love all oh. that and as you were talking I was thinking it's so interesting because we I, I I know there's a lot more um being said around perimenopause and menopause so you know its profile is being changed raised talked about but I still feel that it that that conversation sits a lot in we have all these symptoms and how can we manage them kind of realm um which I still feel is you know very much in that I'm not trying to belittle any symptoms but I I still feel it's very much in this linear systemized place that we're having this discussion and we need to take it and put it into a completely different space to discuss it why are we so um why do we why are we so uncomfortable with being uncomfortable why do we run away why do we feel like life should be all about being happy and positive (laughs) and pain is bad it's interesting isn't it I've really been thinking about you know holding it all is what it's about because when you can hold it all then you don't have as many fears 
yeah you feel more peaceful because you you can hold the pain and you can hold the joy and you can even yeah. see beauty while you're in pain you know there's this kind of amazing oh, it's just it's it's there's quite a lot of beauty in it and yet so much fear around it do you feel that could you talk to that at all absolutely I mean I agree with what you say that it's people see it see it in such a linear way um and that's what drives the whole physiological experience of things I hate calling it symptoms because it just medicalizes menopause and we're all going to get this dreadful disease you know you know of course we're not this is part of the power of being a woman you know mm. we need to honor the journey we've been on and honor our bodies at this stage of transition and soul work and deep womb work you know life is is a spiral you know we'll go in and out and as we're on this menopausal journey we will wander into that dark forest mm. and we we have to learn to get comfortable with silence and in this busy busy world that is so challenging for people but unless we can get comfortable in silence you know we're not going to be able to bring out the gifts that this journey brings yeah so true you know um and pe and change change is so difficult and i think people forget that change is actually stability because it's a constant mm. and we have to learn to breathe into that fear um and just have curiosity and trust that just being is enough and menopause is such a voiceless uh journey i don't know if you found that gus but when you're sat there in that silence it's voiceless I couldn't put words to it and probably when I'm out the other end you know the wisdom will come through but it's surrendering to that silence and knowing that that is enough and trusting that that is enough mm. you know mm. that's the hard bit the hard bit and I think that's why so many women seek solace in nature because when we have to sit in that silence and being with nature and collecting to the land allows us to have that feeling of deep, deep presence and deep, deep embodiment, which anchors us back into our body and into our power and feel more comfortable with allowing the journey to happen as is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a, you know, I think nature's got that original resonance. It's got that original rhythm mm. and cycle mm. that we're all, many of us are so separate, separated from and, you know, even if it's just to start noticing, you know, we're lucky, as lucky, you know, in, in the UK, we have the seasons, other countries don't even have the seasons, yeah. we can see the changes happening. And it's, there's something really special um, to be able to just be present enough to notice the changes, and then to allow that to inform your cycles. I, I find we're on a very kind of fake cycle of rhythm. We're all tapped yeah. into this very fast um highly stimulated stimulated you know rhythm that's been manufactured it's not absolutely mm. and especially women's cycles i mean women's blood mysteries have been demonized you know for for millennia um you know it's no wonder that there is a lack of trust there 
But I've found as I've moved along this perimenopause journey, the closer I get to transition, I've began to honor each bleed because I don't know if she will be my last. And I was so surprised that I have such deep grieving over that because mm. I'm as guilty as anyone and have complained about my period and, oh God, it's so inconvenient and can't wait till this stops, you know. Mm. But now I've got closer to it. There's a deep, deep grieving that needs to process. And I'd be interested to hear now you've transitioned, mm. how that manifested afterwards. It's so, it's, I, I love that you've mentioned that because I, I was also similar you know I, I I actually found out very late um from a friend of mine Rochelle about you know cycles and tracking cycles not just to see when you were you know when it was coming but also to to understand the different energies around the month the different seasons you spent during the four weeks roughly of, of your of your menstrual cycle and I was fascinated by it and I started immediately doing that so I had probably about three years of doing that before my last cycle but for the last year I would say or so year or so my cycles were incredibly irregular and so I had the experience of it going for six months and me thinking that was it and you wow. don't know that it was it and then it coming back again and when it yeah. came back again there was a real celebration in me like <laughs> okay you're back <laughs> all right and I was really really present with it and attentive because it was like that it could be the last one and I think I had three in a row and then maybe that was the last one then um, yeah. and it is that weird thing where you don't know that it's your last one and I was having a conversation yeah. with someone because actually official menopause starts with your last period, but because it's not counted till 12 months later, often people say it's a 12 month, you know, so there's kind of slightly misconception, but of course you couldn't yeah. have the 12 months without the actual last period. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I really hear you on the grieving and I think it's a really beautiful to, I think that is part of the completion and closure of that part of your life and that kind of archetype that you're moving away from and into the next. Um, and I think, yeah, that the, the actual bleed is, is so representative of that mother archetype and even the maiden archetype, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but post, it's been okay because I've, you know, I, I, I've, I guess I've, I completed it in a way that felt good. Um, yeah. I did have a ceremony I had a rites of passage ceremony which is beautiful oh, wonderful and and that was you know I I wish all women would do that um you know I know there's yeah. blessings I know there's blessing ways for pregnant women which are beautiful yeah. I've attended one and I think you know having a rite of passage autumn woman ceremony yeah. is what all menopausal women should have you know I had Absolutely. it I had it at the 12 month mark after my last period last June and it was it was really lovely and so I really yeah. feel like I, I honoured the, the woman I had, I was moving out of that archetype into this new yeah. place. Yeah. I mean, that's so important, this sacred honouring of everything we've been before, you know, mm. and to honour the, not fear, but like you remember when you had your first period, how that sort of excitement yet trepidation that we didn't know where this journey was going to lead us. And I would imagine that when you transition at the other end, you've got those similar feelings. Um, and I think that Maiden and the Crone are so deeply connected in that way. There is a, 
an innocence and a wildness, but more like a wild child to Crone, where she connects to that maiden again with that, you know, curiosity and playfulness. I mean, as a society, and we talk more a lot more about the sovereign side of things with the Crone, because that's a way a more masculine way of describing it, you know, a, you know, a doing and a powerful way to be, you know, in our menopause years. But you know, there's also this wild side, this playful side, you know, that we don't talk about so much. And like, for me, that side of it is much harder to connect with because, you know, we're not encouraged to be playful and curious. And yeah, exactly. That curiosity you know, and inquisitiveness is, yeah. is not encouraged. It's not, it's not, um, you know, the picture that has been painted for us of old age, I'm going to call it old age, because that's what it's called, generally speaking, is yeah. is not what not one that in involves um any youthfulness within it and i mm. use the word youthfulness not in the sense of looking youthful but a sense of spirit of youthfulness yeah and um someone was describing um a friend of theirs that was much older than them so around our you know my age your age and saying how mellow they were and he meant it in this lovely kind of you know they can they can they can see the world and it's like a, there's a mellowness because there's a light-heartedness <laughs> there's a lightness in the way that you hold everything and look any everything but I, I think you have to for me anyway I feel like you have to acknowledge that there is a an indoctrination that's happened and that you need mm. to purposefully break away from that or question it first and break away mm-hmm. from it in order to then experience truly what I think it's about and I don't know if you're st- feeling that having done the work yourself or doing the work yourself yeah I mean you have to clear out all levels of in all this you know in oh, I can't get the tongue around my words in authenticity <laughs> <laughs> that one <laughs> you know which leads to you know like a lot of your guests have talked about the no bullshit you know the fewer fuck factor um and for me it's bringing it down to what is essential and each time you go within you know you're shedding more and more and more and getting to the real understanding of your life and what is essential and you find that you know you could count these kind of things on your hands and that simplicity brings such joy and peace and when you said he said mellow it is that mellowing maybe we could say we're having a mellowing <laughs> um <laughs> yeah the mellowing not the menopause the mellowing. yeah we're in the mellowing <laughs> we've invented um, something new yeah it's um yeah we're preparing for letting you know for letting go and mm. sitting with our bones yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because I also um, when I first started kind of doing my own work around this and coming across the archetypes that like you've talked about, crone um, and people, maiden and mother and um, this phase is also called enchantress within the cycle, isn't it? Yeah. And then I um, came across Jane Hardwick Collings work and she was talking about this extra phase that has been inserted because of lifespans that have changed over you know, a hundred years or so where yeah. you know, a woman wouldn't necessarily live till beyond she was 50. And so no, the, the we'd life... have menopause and we'd be gone. <laughs> yeah. And so 
crone, that kind of middle section, which we're in now, she referred to as, um, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but a while back called Maga, M-A-G-A, which was kind yeah. of like the, the, the female from Magus, the wizard, the yeah. priestess. Yeah. You know? um, and then the crone is kind of maybe um, 75 upwards. Yeah. So you've got the kind of winter and we're in the autumn. And I love that because I was like, yeah, I wasn't ready to quite be crone. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't quite resonate with me because I felt like there was still this very energetic you know part of me that still had a lot to bring forth yeah and kind of one foot in that crone but one foot still in this kind of um this energy I can't quite describe it that ha- still has stuff to say <laughs> yeah and I think yeah. for the um generation that you admire from we were a group of women who had children a lot older in life I mean women are starting to have children younger again Mm. but for us when we enter perimenopause we've still got very young children Mm. so our mother phase is extended longer than what it normally would be so you know I know you like me have got very young teenagers still Mm. um and yet we've got to go through this huge transformation at the same time while still being present to our children as as a mother. And actually that's a very difficult, you know, um, lost me words, you see? Like a meeting point almost. Yeah, a meeting point, yeah, to bring those together. Um, And I'd be interested to see in say like 20 years or so time when, you know, women, will enter perimenopause, but with older children, so they have more time to surrender to the process if we're not so adverse to Crohn. You know, will yes. that intermediary stage still exist? Yeah. You know, right now, there's such, you know, culture has maligned the word Crohn or hag or, mm. you know, I kind of, I call myself Crone to kind of reclaim that word. Um, <laughs> yeah so that people feel comfortable with, with it again yeah it's been maligned from day dot like you know mostly yeah. in the fairy tales that you read to kids when yeah younger, right yeah I mean <laughs> I've been doing um a class with a wonderful lady and friend of mine called Sandy Humby and she does rose alchemy and she's been running a rose crone class meeting our inner rose crone and she's made the acronym crone crowned rose of the new earth and I thought that's just perfect (laughs) this is the new energy of chrome we want to bring in I love that yes yes I think I think you're right the and I've been noticing this recently that words have so much coding in them and Mm. you know you can look at a word and go oh don't like that and when you sit with it it's because you've got certain meanings that you've attached to it from your experiences from your you know upbringing from your culture yeah I've been sitting with the word sacrifice a lot in the same way recently and it's fascinating and then when you kind of go oh okay well that's you know maybe this word actually has a different meaning and has a different energy therefore with it and you can Mm. kind of recode the word maybe to its original meaning it's pure yeah. before, before it was kind of yeah over overrun by yeah I think the agenda. etymology dictionary on google is my best friend mm. you know? yeah. any word that's challenging I go back to the root of it yeah. and the meaning is nearly always 
you know, completely different to how it's evolved over time. And the essence of it is always so much more powerful and beautiful Mm. and just rife with reclamation, you know, of of our language. Mm. Yeah. So, so once coming back to you and your journey, once you um, realized, right, there's work to be done and I'm bring it on basically by the sounds of it you were like yeah okay actually I know what I need to do now how did how did everything go for you or how has everything gone in the last couple of years then as you kind of um moved into that deeper inquiry and work yeah I mean in a way the whole climate of the world with COVID has actually helped my journey because if I was still working, I would I actually have allowed myself to fully be in the space, fully involve myself in this rite of passage, being told you've got to stay at home. You know, I lost part of my job through that closing from COVID. I've actually been given the grace to be with it, sit with it. And really that's kind of, being the extent of it is walking into nature daily being comfortable in that silence and then working with what other tools you have be that tarot meditation deep ritual ceremony whatever works for you in your spiritual practice then delving deeper into whatever um, illuminations come out from your time in nature and working with them to clear these personal wounds and trauma, to do the deep soul work. But it's so different for everyone. I mean, as women, we all have this map to menopause, but our own particular path there is unique to us. Mm. You know, and I feel so grateful that I've been given this opportunity to really be present with this transition. And I mean, I know what a privilege that is, And unfortunately, the way our society is set up with doing and accumulating, it's very hard for women who want to go down that path to break away. Mm. Because you've still got to pay the mortgage. You've still got to get food on the table. You've still got to look after the kids. You've still got to have relationships. You know, Mm. For a few months a year, I'm sure we'd all appreciate being like the nun and, you know, or a hermit going into the forest and staying in a little cottage to really um, know ourselves again. Yeah. It's so interesting. As you were saying that, I was thinking I'm, you know, I I've just been listening to a couple of podcasts over the last few days and I find myself very drawn to listening to podcasts around birth because I'm going to have another baby or anything just because (laughs) I've really as I'm in this transition and have just been through I I feel more deeply about the importance of the previous rites of passage and their impact on the one that I've just been through and I didn't know about all this work when I had my children so it's really interesting to me to to go back and you know I find a lot of contemplation and you know I, I sit with a lot of that that I listen to and learn and um, I was thinking about um, what, you, you know, what you were just saying about women feeling like they don't have that time and it's a privilege to have the time. And if we, 
and I think it's it is definitely happening in you know pockets around around the world women are becoming more aware of their cycles and how they need to tap into the energies which is fantastic because I think if you are a woman that has lived a lot of her menstrual life her maiden her, her mother years understanding that there is a cyclical nature within her and when the bleed comes or when those few days before the bleed comes understanding that as your winter it is time to go mm. family friends whatever I'm going to just you know yeah. over to you over to you <laughs> and claiming that claiming that little pocket of time um for yourself I know I know someone who actually lives in Portugal and she just takes herself off to this little like hut that she's got in the woods and just Perfect, you see? lights a fire <laughs> and spends a day or two journaling you know, if you are building that into your life as a normal as a normal thing and you're educating your partner your friend you know your family you know your kids the the wheel the show will carry on for a day or two without you yeah. it will it will because yeah. in other times when it's had to it has and you get better at saying this is my little pocket of time this is and you yeah. get better at understanding that and getting everyone around you used to it so that when you get to this perimenopause it's just a natural thing that you're doing and it doesn't yeah. feel like a, such a big thing to suddenly turn around to your family and go right I don't want to cook dinner for the next few nights <laughs> find me in my bedroom with a cup of tea yeah you know yeah because it is a bit of a shock after yeah, yeah. decades of just being the mother being the nurturer giving yeah yeah and never never receiving yeah you know? absolutely and mm. I think it's so important that you've mentioned that not only do we need to educate ourselves we need to educate our loved ones because not only do we need to nurture ourselves, we need to allow others to nurture us too. And you'll find that they will and they want to, they want to be there for you. You know, it's so important to have that support system. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, you mentioned um, monarchy in the first kind of period as maiden. And, you know, I think for me, there was a lot of shame. And I, I think a lot of yeah. girls who get their first period experience shame and humiliation because they don't know enough and they're not empowered because their mothers weren't empowered and again no shame or judgment here it's just the cycles repeating itself and so attached immediately at that point attached to your bleed is cycles of guilt and shame yeah and so those perpetuate as you go through life so to ask someone and to admit that I'm knackered and I don't want to do anything on my bleed so can you take over yeah because it's got this inbuilt again this coding of shame that you know we're meant to just definitely carry on when we have our bleed just act like nothing happened you know cover it up and just keep going it's breaking all of that down and really getting real it needs to happen I mean guilt and shame they're so insidious and in a way they're kind of so singular to women um Mm -hmm. we carry those negative programming so much more than men um and I think that's what's so difficult you know guilt runs so strongly it's how can we ask others to do something for us it's so hard for women we're so Mm. used to being within our own homes at that kind of matriarch level of keeping it all together Mm. it's difficult and also it brings up control issues I mean hello recovering control freak here (laughs) I really want you all to do the cooking but you better bloody well do it my way you know (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> and uh, I better have a sneak peek. Have they cleaned the kitchen up properly? Mm. You know. <laughs> so, there is so there's so much to surrender to. Yeah. <laughs> so true. And then it's like having that word with yourself of like, you need to let go. Yeah. And cook it the wrong way for you. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. So interesting, isn't it? And so obviously you've been pulling on um your tools, as you mentioned, some of them already. As soon as you realized this was what was going on for you and it was perimenopause, you were like, right, I've got this toolkit. And you started obviously doing the unraveling, as you've said. Have you noticed in this process of unraveling um any particular patterns? of release or things that you've had to release and let go of Hmm. yeah and I've had to also accept that there'll be regular periods of of the underworld or the void or feeling not depressed but you know a lower energy and knowing that that's okay and as we start looking at who we are, I, mean, I don't know if you found it, but I see and hear more, you know, I'm mirroring all the things I need to let go of. So it's kind of my own mirrors are triggering me. And then I start to realize, you know, the awareness kicks in and I start to let it go. And a lot of it is what we were just talking about, this holding on the, the control, controlness, of everything in my life and also awareness of how only I am in how only I direct direct my life yeah so yeah. like not in that in that respect you mean like I I'll decide about myself and for myself not anybody else is that what you mean when you said that yeah and also sort of highlighting more how I can't be responsible for how that affects other people yes but feeling comfortable with that again back to this guilt and shame Mm. about feeling completely comfortable with that and that takes time Mm. yeah it's interesting again as you you just got something in me thinking as you were talking that about the void and those low patches and as you know I've been I've been Mm. um in one for five or six weeks or however long now but I you know it is it's the deeply feminine space the void that darkness and I think um when we talk about the control which I'm sure most of the women listening to this can resonate with to some degree you know we are so much in charge the way we've been um the way we run in this culture that we're in where women are you know you're looking up you've got yourself your family if you have a family there's so many balls in the air so many balls that are being juggled and it's kind of that keeping it all together keeping it all together putting on this front you know just keeping going and it's that so masculine isn't it and then Mm. this letting go is so feminine it's got this this you know it's this feminine energy that we're actually not very familiar with to be honest it feels a little bit little bit unhinged Um, yeah yeah and I think the control bit also reaches into the whole concept of not knowing you know we rely so much on our mind and knowledge 
in this society that to accept that there are some things we don't need to know mm. and to live in that state of mystery and that that's okay mm. is so so difficult and I think that's why we have such problems surrendering and trusting the process because we're always trying to contain it within our mind to, because we think understanding it will make it easier but actually it's the no understanding it's the complete surrender to it that makes it easier yes. to just be yes and trust that later down the line we'll go oh yeah and have the moment you know but it's so difficult in the in the in the moment <laughs> it is yeah and um i have been also thinking about this a lot recently because of a few things that have happened in my in my personal circumstances but then I also was on a call with some women yesterday and we were talking I've been thinking about a lot about decay as part Uh of the cycle of growth and decay and life and death and we're in autumn now heading into winter which is a massive season of decay in nature Uh um and there is an element of letting go in decay isn't there it's just letting go because you know that beyond the decay comes the growth Mm -hmm. and I've been thinking about you know how how fearful we all are of that death part of the cycle of life and death we forget that it's a cycle yeah and that we are we think about death our death our our physical death as it were that's what we're most scared of but we're also constantly in cycles of life and death Mm. and rebirth within our whole life you know these archetypes have been talking about that and it is interesting isn't it because I I heard someone talk about how she was um with a friend that decided to let go and pass out of this world and what a beautiful experience it was because none there was no fear everyone sat and held her in that experience as she passed through from you know this life and her soul went into the next life wherever it goes but it was so touching to hear her talk because it reminded me of how we really don't um, honor that part of the cycle. And it's really so important to hold it. And I think what we've been talking about, this whole thing about pain and control, it's all linked in, isn't it? It feels like it's all woven into the same thing. Absolutely. And as we move along this journey, like you said, we'll be going through lots of mini deaths. And at the, you know, at the time of those mini deaths, it will be so painful, but they're part of the process and we need to die to those things so that the new things can come through. Mm. So it's having a culture of feeling comfortable with regularly dying. Yeah. And being reborn. Yeah. You know. Mm. Oh, yes. So... You've mentioned change a bit earlier. I feel like, I mean, how do you handle change? Is it a struggle or does it feel like, how, how do you embrace change? Oh, like the nature of change, it changes from, you know, from moment to moment. You can have big changes and little changes. Certain ones are easier to deal with than others. But I think for me, it's giving it space. Give the change the space to actually change. Don't hold it back. You know, let it flow at its natural pace. That's the 
best way that I've found to be able to deal with it mm. and to stop putting expectation on the change or looking at the end result that mm. makes it so much harder mm. you know and just keep saying to yourself you know this too shall pass you know these things are cliches for a reason because they have meaning you know yeah yeah exactly <laughs> this too shall pass and we'll be on to, on to the next next thing mm. and there's great bliss in retrospect you know there's huge wisdom in retrospect and each time we contemplate on our journey sets us up for the next change and how we find it easier to deal with it mm. but a lot of it is managing fear you know you have to find a way to manage fear which will be different for all of us yeah and even acknowledge it in the first place understand yeah. it's there yeah mm. and to not see fear as as a bad thing you know because when we think of fear, a lot of it is kind of an excitable energy, isn't it? It's, um, mm. you know, play into that more. Mm. And have you found that doing this work has um, shifted the way you feel physically? So what sparked off when you were about 45? Has it shifted that or made it more, you know, your sleep and... It has shifted it only because I've nurtured myself. Mm. You know, I'm taking the supplements. Mm. I'm doing the, the exercise that works for me. I'm seeing practitioner, alternative practitioners if, if I need to. And I found, you know, a little medicine cabinet that is making the physicality of perimenopause much easier, mm. Mm. which is a huge blessing. Mm. You know, I'm... I think it's a wonderful thing that there's an awakening to these new plant-based, you know, HRT that are available, but it's, but it's not for everyone, you know, but it's good that it's there. You know, if you need it, there's no shame in it. You know, let's not, you know, you kind of think, are they going to set women up against each other? You know how toxic the wellness industry can be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we need to, as with everything in the world right now, we need to honour each other's choices. Yeah. And be exactly. supportive of each other's choices. Mm, so and true. each woman's journey is her journey. And anybody with an opinion on that can fuck off, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so if you were to um if you were to go back either to your younger self. Although it sounds like you had a very, like you said, neutral imprint of this time of, of this, what this time of your life would be. So if not you to younger women, you know, pre 35, because I know a lot of women of that age are like, don't talk to me about perimenopause. Like it, it just yeah. is like something I want to get out of my mind and I'll deal with it when I get yeah. there, which I totally understand. But if you could go back and what would you say to either yourself or women who haven't even got to this phase start doing the inner work and listen to your body those two things in tandem will make this rite of passage so much more joyful and filled with blessings mm. you know and it's so hard to listen to our bodies when our minds are so pervasive in everything we do every day 
Um, yeah, listen deeply to your body. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember the other thing I said because of menopause brain. <laughs> you were saying it was going to come, come up for us. I did. <laughs> before we hit record. Yeah. I feel like it's more potent in the in the autumn this menopause yeah. brain compared to summer yeah absolutely oh. the fires are dim right now we're on a smolder <laughs> so um would you let um everyone know where to find you if they'd like to follow on with your adventures and also if there's any work or creations you'd like to share anything yeah. about you I've actually kind of closed all that down as um beginning of 2020 and I was sort of deeper into this journey and I realized I had to go deeply within I shut down all my websites you know I'm a coach for women's soul work and I do tarot work but that's all you know I'm in the cauldron I'm in deep contemplation so at the mm -hmm. moment I'm just on Instagram they can find me at Lady Alchemia and I just share, I share nature, tarot, and just beginning to share musings on this journey. Mm. Um, because it's so important we all speak to each other as women about this. And yeah. And I'm sure what you, like you said, you're in the cauldron and when, when something is ready to be created, it's going yeah. to be uh, very And powerful. I fought against that. It's like. What, being in the cauldron? constantly got this, you need to offer oh. something. You yes. need to be creating something. You need to be doing something with all this that is manifesting within you. Oh, and how I fought with that, it's so difficult. And especially when I'm not providing income to the household, there's that huge pressure. Yep. And over, over the past years, it's taken me a long time to allow somebody else to look after me to receive that generosity from them from my partner from the masculine has been huge because you know I was brought up a feminist you know I've got to have my independence my financial independence and I still think that's hugely important for women mm. you know don't get me mm. wrong but there comes a point when you are in relationship with somebody who is totally speaks to your soul you have to trust that they will look after you and allow yourself to receive it without guilt. Yeah. And that's kind of where I am. Yeah. I, I love that you shared that. I, I think, you know, it's so true. And I think obviously every woman's in different situations, but I, I really feel that, you know, we have been brought up on independence, which is mm -hmm. a great thing, but it's kind of sometimes gone too far. And I yeah. think a lot of our, certainly for me, what I discovered was a lot of my identity and self-worth was tied into mm. my earning potential and all the job that I had that I could tell other people yeah. that I had. Yeah. And it's taken me years to unpack that and unravel that and let that go. Um, yeah. And I think that for us as women in this phase of our life, I think it's so important to show others that maybe haven't quite got here that it's okay to down yeah. tools for a bit if you obviously can yeah. um and not constantly strive yeah. and be going forwards and growing and you know there's a time for just like reckoning <laughs> you know I love that yeah. word yeah. um and that can come in the moments not just necessarily like you know damp but just it, it cannot I just feel like this constantly just staying at the same pace and just keeping going and anything that anything less you're failing is just 
yeah Yeah, it's doing us a disservice absolutely yeah Yeah. I mean don't get me wrong I'm looking forward to being independent again and being creative and being out there but not right now Mm. you know Mm. that time will come yeah and it will be really powerful because you've allowed allowed that space for Mm. something to come through you rather than forcing something yeah. that isn't ready yeah. and isn't fully oh, I've formed. tried believe you me I've tried <laughs> <laughs> what a disaster <laughs> yeah so good so so good oh is there anything else that you wanted to share on this whole journey and experience of yours or just what you you know your thoughts that we haven't covered I think we've covered it all. We'll come back to me in five years when I've transitioned and we'll see how it all panned out, Gus. That would be really nice. That would be really nice. I want to have a second chat with everyone I've interviewed so far. It's like the round two, the 2.0 version. Yeah. I know. It's like, what the hell did I say then? (laughs) Or hopefully I'll go, yeah, thank God, you know. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, this, Gus. For this hour, it's been so good to talk to you. And thank you for being such experience. a wonderful host. You've made me feel really relaxed oh, and nurtured. Thank, thank you. you, darling. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful, truly. If you felt this conversation resonated deeply in your heart. I would be so grateful if you could share this podcast with the women in your life or on your social feed, because this is the best way to get these messages and conversations into the hearts of more women and through that support a greater shift in the world. You can keep in touch with me via Instagram. I'll pop my handle in the show notes below. And I'd love to hear how this podcast episode landed with you. I've really loved being here with you. Thank you so much for tuning in.